0: Three rings for the elven kings under the sky, seven for the dwarf lords in their holes of stone, nine for mortal men doomed to die, one for the dark lord on his dark throne in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all and in the darkness find them in the land of murder for the shadow's lie.
1: everybody and welcome to Frank Reviews, a father-son podcast uh, 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 chronicling, well I screwed that up, a father-son expedition through pop culture, Uh, there we uh, go eventually, Uh, uh, I am uh, Harrison uh. the son.
2: And I am the pop, pop culture.
1: The pop and pop culture, Frank. And this week we have with us a very special guest, Uh, uh, Nan, why don't you introduce yourself? A nanny of this special group.
2: <laughs> this all, is, all the way from Langhorne, this, Pennsylvania. Yeah, uh,
1: and today we are recording in, um,
2: not the, Dog Kennel Studios. The Cat Kennel Studios.
1: Cat, I was calling it Cat Sablanca. Cat Sablanca. In, in my head. There, there we go. Um, but uh, Nan, the reason why we have you on this week is because we started a very long journey this week, and we watched... And this is going to be the title of the episode. This is how I'm listening. Uh, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Extended Edition, Disc 1. Which means we only watched the first half of the movie, because the first half of the movie is an hour and 45 minutes long. And uh, so, Dad, let's start with you. What have you known about Lord of the Rings before going into this watch?
2: Um, I read part of of one of the books. Okay. and I've seen scenes and the modern, the pop culture right. uh, images of Frodo and and some of the other characters and stuff. And I think we watched. Aren't there short versions of the movie or there regular, are the regular versions, the
1: theatrical versions, theatrical which are only versions. three hours each. Okay, yeah,
2: <laughs> I think that's probably what we watched. So yeah. I've seen like a lot of, but that was a long time ago. But yeah, yeah. So cool. I, I knew some of the characters and yeah. a little bit about it. hobbits. I knew what hobbits were. Yeah.
1: As as I said, uh, um, uh, as we were watching Fellowship, this specific movie turns 20 years old this December, Okay, in December of 2021, Um, and we'll get to that in a moment. But Nan, what was your start with The Lord of the Rings? How did you get into the series?
0: Well, I've always been a book reader, and um, I keep my eyes and ears open, even from when I was a child for books. And I guess I read in a newspaper that the Lord of the Rings was being published in a book in England. So, I searched around in newspapers. I didn't have a a uh, computer then. Right. <laughs> that would so. be
1: weird if you did. Yes, <laughs> yes. I
0: searched around in newspapers newspapers. And as soon as I found a place that I could buy the books, I did. Now, it was probably in the 50s or early 60s uh, when the books came out.
1: If I'm right remembering off the top of my head, they were published in America in 1952 and 3. Well, I might be off by a year or two, but yeah.
0: Whenever the books came out in America, okay. I purchased them.
1: I'm. I'm pretty sure you have first editions sitting on your shelf in the other room. So and yeah, I couldn't E-bay. stop
0: reading them. I fell in love with the books as soon as I picked them up, the first page, and I was
1: hooked. Well, I have you to thank, and uh, Dad, you probably have Nan to blame for me being a nerd. <laughs> uh, nah, um, <laughs> you did a lot, of it. a lot of that on your own. Well, uh, but I. I remember being raised with. Um, Obviously, I wasn't raised with the movies and I didn't really read the books until like eighth or ninth grade, but, um, I was definitely had like a background noise of Gollum and Gandalf and the Balrog and the, uh, the paintings done by the brothers Hildebrandt, uh, uh for all of their calendars. And I have you to thank for that, man. So, so thank you very much for You're starting problem. me down that long path. Um, but this was, you've you've seen each of the movies in theaters i know almost every single time they come on tv you sit and watch them all the way through and thanks to commercials it takes you like 4 hours to watch the 3 hour cut yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh but this was your first time watching the extended edition um and there was a decent amount in just this first half of this first movie and uh, what what is um what did you think of all the newer stuff? We had more Isildur. We had more Hobbits.
0: Actually, it clarified the story more. Okay, yeah. Um, And developed the characters right away.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Um, and of course you couldn't get any better scenery than they had <laughs> in the um, extended edition. Right,
1: yeah. Well, Dad, you even asked while we were watching them uh, where they shot it. And it's right. shot entirely in New Zealand. That's so cool. So, so for a lot of the shots and a lot more of the shots that you're going to see as the series progress, right. like a lot of times they just pointed a camera at New Zealand and like... For many scenes, they didn't even bother changing anything. But in some scenes, like uh, where the Ringwraiths attack the four hobbits on that hilltop, they—that's a natural, actual hill in New Zealand—and they just kind of like augmented it a little bit with CGI to put like the rock formations on top of it. So, so many of these places are real locations in New Zealand, and they offer. Tours of Hobbiton, where you can actually wow. visit the Hobbit holes, and it's all like uh, um, uh, regular person-sized to scale. It's not Hobbit scale, okay? So you will feel like a Hobbit walking around Hobbiton. Cool. Um, so, Nan, I don't know if you know this, and Dad, you probably didn't know this at all. But um, for like, obviously, hobbits are are very very short. Uh, right. So, but. Ian Holm and uh, um, Elijah Wood are not actually three foot six in real life. Who are they? They're uh, Frodo and Bilbo, or rather, Bilbo and Frodo, respectively.
2: Frodo, which uh, one's Bilbo?
1: Bilbo is the old Hobbit that had his birthday. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then Frodo is the lead Hobbit okay. with the very blue eyes. Yes. Um. So what they did for most of this series is really clever camera trickery where they used forced perspective. So you'll see Elijah Wood and Ian McKellen, Gandalf, sitting in the same frame, but in reality, like, Elijah Wood is sitting four feet back behind Ian McKellen. So by force of perspective, it looks like they're hobbit size and people size. And they revolutionized a lot of weird camera techniques for that in this movie. They had to make props and sets of multiple different sizes... Okay. Um cool. They employed a lot of uh, uh, little people and a lot of very tall people. Okay. So you'll have like um, an actual three foot Frodo. You'll have a eight uh, seven foot tall Gandalf. People in stilts wearing giant prosthetic hands for certain shots. It's cool. truly amazing. Uh, so, Dad, did you have a most of this? part of the movie that we watched was really just table setting and introducing us to the concepts and the characters. Right. Did you have a favorite character that you've met so far? Uh, 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 I like Gandalf.
2: Um Right, yeah. He um, sticks
1: in the brain pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um all the, I mean all the characters are are so cool. Um there's obviously some that you know are, have minor parts, but the main characters yeah. I think Gandalf <clears throat> just cuz He's just so mellow, and, and, <laughs> and you know he's up to stuff all the time. You,
1: you were laughing when um, he and Bilbo were smoking and uh, how much they talked about uh, 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 old Toby's long-bottom leaf. Yes. Uh, the finest pipe weed in the South Farm. Now, is that a <laughs> reference
2: to tobacco, or is that really a reference to marijuana? Now,
1: Tolkien in the appendices, uh, which are just an extra three or four hundred pages tacked onto the end of...
2: Which I'm sure you've read.
1: Uh, not all of them, okay. because... Uh, Nan, I think I've described them to you as the Bible, but more boring.
0: Uh, (laughs) I thought that was the Cimarron. Oh, man,
1: we haven't even gotten there yet. Like, um, uh, 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 but, uh, he claims that it's not a reference to any existent smokable drug and he wrote this in like he was writing the uh he wrote the hobbit in 1933 and then the lord of the rings was published nearly 20 years later um so he spent almost all that time in between just writing the lord of the rings and refining the world and everything but he describes the uh hobbits pipeweed as a non-addictive non uh, um uh, it 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 doesn't adversely affect your health in any way, okay. shape, or form. And so, for the longest time, I was like, "Oh no, yeah, that's not. It's it's just it's this magical plant that makes you feel good and doesn't get addictive or adverse your health in any way." And now, years later, like as a holder of a medical marijuana card, I'm like, "Oh no, that's weed. That's yeah. just weed. That's just <laughs> weed." Yeah, yeah that, that's the, that's the, <laughs> that's that seems to
2: be what's implied. But just curious.
1: Yeah i don't I don't think Tolkien wanted to admit that to his uh fellow professors at uh Oxford, not, a, not at he, that yeah, time yeah, no, no um he he was a uh English professor at Oxford that just invented languages for fun, okay, because man, you think I'm a nerd, yeah, yeah, you yeah, that's a whole other thing uh nan, like you've obviously seen the movies before you've read the books many times. Do you have a particular favorite character like yes, okay, go. Yes. Samwise. Samwise. That's
0: Samwise for, for me is humble. Yep. Reliable. And doesn't try and take over the spotlight.
1: Right, yeah. Uh, so we'll get to more Sam as the series progresses, obviously, because there's a whole lot more movie to watch that we're gonna be watching over the next uh six to eight weeks. Really? really? Yeah. yeah. We're in for it, kids. Um, but, uh, 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 it, it's criminal that Sean Astin was not even nominated for an Academy Award. The only, uh, actor to get nominated for this series was Ian McKellen for Fellowship, and he got stiffed. Uh, I don't, I forget who won that year, uh, but whatever. Uh, Dad, did any particular sequence stand out to you in this half of the movie? Um, <clears throat> when you see, oh, the,
2: the fireworks scenes were fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. You know, right. you know, and, you know, and I, I always, whenever, whenever I see those animated fireworks things in movies like Disney or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, I always think, wow, I wonder if they could truly make that, But you know, like, uh, but the fireworks were just so cool. Well, if if yeah. they could really be real, I mean, <laughs> and, but you know, a movie, a good movie or a book, you become part of it, and so it is kind of real yeah. for, that, for that moment. Yeah. But yeah, that was fun. Um,
1: uh, and especially, like, this is the first time I'm watching the series on Blu-ray. I've only seen them on DVD up to this point. And it's remarkable how well the CGI even still holds up. Because for the most part, they're only using CGI to augment things as opposed to creating things whole cloth. In the movie, like so much of this stuff is real. Like even the the giant towers and buildings that you see, they're real. They're just nine or ten feet tall in real life. Right. So you're photo you're photographing something that is real and just using CGI to augment it into the landscape. Uh, uh, so I think that really is why this CGI holds up so much better than other movies that came out around this time. I'm looking at you, Star Wars. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, but did Nan... So, this movie covered, obviously, from the beginning of the series to the Council of Elrond. Did you have a particular favorite sequence in this half of the movie?
0: Well, it's hard to pick a favorite. Yeah. And when he was with the elves and the elven characters were fantastic. I love that part. A part that scared me most mm-hmm. was when the, they were hiding under the tree trunk oh, and yeah. and the um what's the name of the men who
1: the ring race the race
0: was there, and when they looked up through the hole, they could see the po- or the horse's hoof oh, yeah. God. That always scares me. <laughs> and, and
1: all of the bugs and spiders and insects are, like, fleeing yeah. from the ring wraith. It's always yeah. terrifying to me, yeah. Um,
0: but the elves are... Oh, yeah. And, they're, and they're, <laughs> their home.
1: Uh, Rivendell, Rivendell, we see in this half of the movie, is,
0: yeah. is just awesome.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, Dad, did you have... um uh, uh, any questions concerning the the half of the movie we've seen so yeah, far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, no, um, Gandalf. I'm, I'm going to try to answer in such a way that doesn't spoil anything. Yeah, okay. So, All right, yeah. It, it shouldn't. Okay. Um,
2: Gandalf went to see his his boss. His boss. What, okay, whatever so, to call him. But oh, well, I'm so
1: delighted you brought this up. But yes, right.
2: and I would think. I mean, Gandalf is so benevolent and 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 positive. Is his boss, does he end up being an evil guy, or is he an evil guy, or he okay. seems to so, go that, that direction, although I wouldn't expect him to be? Yeah,
1: so uh, so the character, his Gandalf's boss, as you say, is played by an actor named Christopher Lee, and I'm pretty sure we've talked about Christopher I've, I've Lee before. Yeah, so just for starters, for the character itself... Um, Saruman and Gandalf and, like, four or five other wizards came over to Middle-earth, uh, uh, something like, uh, 2,000 years before the start of this story, and they are effectively immortal, um, if you really dig deep on the lore, you learn that they are effectively immortal. Angels taking human form. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And they are all designated by color. So Gandalf is Gandalf the Grey. Saruman was Saruman the White. So he was the leader of the order. He was the most powerful. He's the strongest. In the book... It's revealed that he has been talking to, well, as the same as in the movie, he's been talking to Sauron, the big bad of the series that created the One Ring. He's been talking to Sauron through um, the Palantir, which is essentially a, uh, a crystal ball. Right. Yeah. And he became corrupted by talking and communicating to Sauron. And in the book series, he decides to become Sauron of the many colors. And he's essentially wearing like prismatic rainbow robes, which sounds great in a book. But if you try to put that on film, it would just look kind of insane. So I'm kind of glad they stuck with Keeping him in white for the purposes of uh, this movie, uh, because that would just look weird. Um, if you can pull that off, I would love right. to see it. But for 2001 film technology, it would just it would look like something out of Yellow Submarine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think. Yeah. So exactly. So uh, and there's you're going to see more on that as the series progresses. So what's a little irritating about the way we're doing this is because the movies are effectively split right in half each time. The first half of each movie we watch is going to be almost entirely uh, character setup and development. And the second half is going to be almost entirely action each time. So it's going to be a little um, it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster over the next few weeks. Uh, there going to be a lot of questions in the first half and a lot of, oh my God. And then the, and then, the, and then, and okay. then, oh.
2: <laughs> so when he left Gandalf up on top of that tall tower. Yeah. That was like a punishment or yes. something? Okay. Yeah.
1: He was, uh, Gandalf, uh, does not like that. Sauron was, uh, in league with Sauron. I really hate how similar those names are. Yeah. It's always hilarious trying to enunciate, um, uh, and Gandalf wanted to go warn the others uh, and get in touch with the rest of the wizards uh, uh, that Sauriman had turned, and uh, so Sauruman stole his staff, stuck him on the tower. Okay. And there, yeah. And now you know the rest of the story. Okay. I uh,
0: like how he was. I like how he was rescued
1: <laughs> with the, yes. the with the eagles. Yes, the with the big bird.
0: Yeah eagles, and the eagle came and got him. Oh, man.
1: So, that's a a huge point of contention for people who aren't intimately familiar with the source material. One of the big questions, because it's established at the end of this half, that the only way they can destroy the ring is to drop it into the fires of Mount Doom. So, one of the... and So, they assemble the Fellowship of the Ring to trek across the (laughs) land and do this. Right. One of the big... Persistent questions online is always, why don't they just have the eagles drop it in? And what's never properly established in the movies is that the eagles are a fully sentient race of beings, and they just straight up don't want to get involved in the quote-unquote affairs of men. Um it,
0: I don't blame him. Yeah, yeah no, exactly.
1: Like, uh, uh, it would be a little bit stretching it, even for this series, to just have an eagle talking straight up to Gandalf, I think. In a book, it makes sense. But would the eagle have to talk? Yeah, I they mean, do in the books. So oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm kind of glad they thought to not even bother trying to figure out okay. how that would translate to screen. The Eagles literally just show up, catch Gandalf, and then bugger off Right. Uh, uh, for the rest of the series, essentially. <clears throat> um, that's about it that I wanted to cover for this episode. Uh, we're going to be watching Disc 2 next week, and we're going to be essentially doing it like this. So, Dad, I wanted to ask you, did you still want to do what we initially planned was to shove, like... An 80s action movie in between each of The Lord of the
2: Rings. No, I'm, uh, no, I'm cutting you right off because okay, I, okay. I want to see the rest of this you, one.
1: You want to just rip the band-aid right, right off? I want to
2: see the rest of this one. All right, kids. Very, so, very exciting. Very so, exciting.
1: So starting now, six weeks are dedicated to The Lord of the Rings. Uh, get ready for
2: that. Well, at least the next, the next week. Let's, let's yeah, get, let's one. Yeah, let's get yeah.
1: through the first movie first, <clears throat> yeah. and then we'll see what happens. All right, that's all right. fair. Uh, Nan, did you have any questions or any, any moment that you wanted to point out in this half of the movie? No, I love it all. Fair enough. <laughs> well, it also happened that, uh, uh, Sunday, the day that we watched this, was your birthday. Uh, so I did not, pl- I did not plan that, and, uh. Uh, I'd also like to point out that mm. Kate Blanchett, uh, who plays Galadriel in this series, also shares a birthday with you. So Very that's good. kind of a there you go. Nice, I know, Very right? Good. And she is one of the uh, holders of the three rings for Elven kings. Um, uh, so that should be everything. Um, I am HD Lichtner and Pod underscore Frank on Twitter, Muscle Nerd Studios on Instagram. Uh, I think the episode dropped the day before this episode is coming out, but if you go over to disenfranchised, uh, that podcast, I helped them cover the movie Van Helsing and oh my God, uh, that, that movie made me suffer. I can, I can very honestly say it's terrible. Uh, I think that's everything. Dad, if you want to take us away, keep wearing your mask,
2: keep staying away from people. Get your vaccine vaccination as soon as you can, and be be nice and friendly to your neighbors. We need it.
1: And, uh, go out and oh, <laughs> yeah, it, go! It's become your sign off at this point. Go out! I got, go, I'm going to hound you about this.
2: Well, I've decided you don't have. No, you really do. You have to go out and do something good with your life.